You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. our peace. He has broken down the walls that have separated us. And what Paul was saying about that is that he broke down the wall between the Gentiles and the Jews. In him, the believers would become one in Christ. Not Jew, not Gentile, not Greek, not barbarian, not male, not female, not slave, not free, but one in Christ. As David was guided by God to restore the nation of Israel, he understood God desired his people to be united, yet unity is sometimes hard to come by. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage you to seek unity among believers. This requires humility, but David says it's good and pleasant to be united reflecting God's love to the world. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 2 as he continues his message, David Waits on the Lord. According to Genesis 49:31, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, and Leah are all buried there. They're all buried in Hebron, and they were examples to David of faith, and David had their examples with him. He saw their sepulchres. He saw their places. And this was a reminder to David that God's word is always true, and that God was always faithful to do what he cried out to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why he meant there. These tombs would always be a thing. It's interesting, though. Look at it. David had just come back from a heavy spiritual decline. It was a pretty heavy spiritual decline that David was in when he was in Ziklag. We remember we studied it. But the Lord doesn't put him on probation. The Lord immediately uses him. The Lord answers him. Go to Hebron. Go to Hebron. I think the key here is being quiet before the Lord and waiting. And this becomes the hard part, waiting. I don't know about you, but I'm not a very good waiter. Meaning, I don't wait on things well. But there is a reward for those who wait. There's a reward for those who wait. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. There's a reward for waiting on the Lord. God will not require of me a task in which he will not empower me to do. There's a reward. I must wait for the Lord for direction, but I also must wait for the Lord for strength to do the things he needs to do. And we've had this discussion before. I believe firmly that this is why it took so long for David to become king. God was preparing him. God was strengthening him. God was doing a mighty work in him. He was teaching him, training him. Talk about a seminary. Talk about Bible college. David had it rough. He had all those things he had to go through. People might say to you, I don't know where you get the strength to keep doing what you're doing. The Lord is our strength. When I wait upon the Lord, he gives me strength. He gives me strength to continue to do these things. 
We look at in awe at people's coping power with dire circumstances, and we think of ourselves, I could never do that. Well, yes, you can. Never say that, because God will give you strength to face whatever is coming down the pike at you. He will give you that strength if you wait on him. Somebody once said, never look at tomorrow's burdens with today's strength. Never look at tomorrow's burdens with today's strength. God's strength is new every morning. He will constantly give you the strength to face whatever it is that has befallen you. I must remember that it's the Lord that does the strengthening. It's the Lord that does the strengthening. I do not strengthen myself. I strengthen myself in him. He does the strengthening. I'm not sure if David wrote this psalm at this time, but it certainly is fits. It is a psalm of David, and it's Psalm 40. Listen to the first verse. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Exactly, he waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock and established my steps. God has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When I was down in the miry pit and couldn't get out, a hand reached down to me, and I grabbed hold of it, and he pulled me out. He pulled me out of my despair. I'm thinking of that song, I Waited. I waited for the Lord on high. Out of this song right here. And he's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor turns such aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wondrous works which you have done. Here's a kicker. And your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I could declare them and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. This is David writing this stuff. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. I waited and he strengthened me. I waited upon the Lord. We, you know, I know we all want it our way. And I know we all want the burger when we want it. I know we love to drive through windows and get those things as fast as we possibly can. But there's something about waiting on the Lord. We're not to be like the rest of the world. We're to wait upon the Lord. And when you wait upon the Lord, people will see that. Here it is. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it. They'll see the difference in you. They'll see what the light in you. And they'll want to know why. How can you be joyous in this terrible time you're going through? Because I know a Lord who saved me. I don't know a Lord who loves me. David knew that. David was strengthened in the Lord. He goes to Hebron. He goes to Hebron with a purpose. And while he's there, look at verse 4. Then the men of Judah came... And there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, The men of Jabez-Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. Now some think they were doing this trying to get David mad at the men of Jabez-Gilead. Some think that they came to David with this. Now they anointed him, but then they said the men of Jabez-Gilead buried Saul. It's almost like they're probing They're probing him. And there's going to be a reason for that, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But David shows great patience here. 
He doesn't ride into Hebron on a white horse, or actually it would be a white donkey because the king of Israel always rode on a donkey. Hence, that's why Jesus came to Jerusalem on a donkey. The donkey was the the, the animal that the kings rode on in, in Israel. He didn't come riding in on a donkey, claiming himself to be king, asking everybody to acquiesce and bow down to him. He didn't. He didn't force his way and claim the throne, which was rightfully his. He didn't come in the headroom and take the crown by force. He waited until the men came to him. They came to him and recognized God's calling on his life. They came to him and they anointed him and made him king. David knew that it was better to let God to lift you up through others than to strive to advance yourself. And that is so against the world. Go to any corporation, and there's a stepping ladder, and the ladder usually is people that you step on to get to the top. This is so unlike that. Here, you are to humble yourselves and allow God to raise you up. I love this. Guzik. I have to give you a Guzik quote. We should strive to advance God's kingdom and leave the advancement of self in his hands. I like that. If God wants to advance me, he's going to advance me. I don't have to advance myself. The men of Judah told David that it was the men from Jabesh Gilead that cared for Saul and Jonathan. Now they did this because they were in and around Saul's territory. They liked Saul. But David wants to restore the nation. David is a great restorator. He wants to restore the nation because he knows that God doesn't want a divided nation. David will restore the nation. The nation will be restored. He will be the king of all Israel. But one of Solomon's sons, the nation will divide again. The nation will divide again, and there will be two nations, Israel and Judah. So let's look at 5 through 7. So David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, You are blessed of the Lord, for you have shown his kindness to your Lord, to Saul, and have buried him. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. I also will repay you this kindness because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strengthened and be valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah has anointed me king over. David had a shepherd's heart. David was a shepherd. He, he was, that's what his trade was before he became king. He was a shepherd boy, but he had a shepherd heart. He had a caring heart, and he wanted to bring these people into his care. He wanted to show them kindness because they showed such kindness to not only the king, but his dear beloved friend, Jonathan. He wanted to show them kindness. He cared about all the people of Israel. He wanted to see them once again be restored. And one of his first concerns was the fate of Saul and Jonathan. So he asked the leaders of Judah where about their burial, and they say it was the guys from Jabesh Gilead. They risked their lives and covered the, recovered the bodies. Now, this was a very courageous adventure for them to go out and get the bodies. And David wanted to thank them for their kindness. He wanted to show his gratitude to them for taking care of the fallen king and his son. So David asked the Lord to bless these brave men with kindness and truth. David also said, I'm going to repay you. I'm going to show you great things. And he uses this opportunity to invite the men to join forces with them. In other words, he's saying, come on, guys, be valiant, be strength. Join forces with me. See, David wants to unite the nation. He wants to make it one again. Unfortunately, 
These guys don't want it. These guys don't want it. They refuse David's offer, and they, they don't, when we get to the war, they're going to side with Abner. They side with Abner, who is uh, one of Saul's men, and he makes Saul's son Ish-Basheth king of Israel. They allowed their affection for Saul to blind them to what God was doing. Let me repeat that. Did you hear that? They allowed their affection for Saul to blind them to what God was doing. There's a point here I'm going to get to in a minute. God wanted to restore the nation. He didn't bring them into Canaan so that we'd be two nations. He brought them into Canaan so that they would be one. At the present time, they were divided. They were all God's people. They were all God's people. And David's going to write in Psalm 133, Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. In the Bible, when you see the word behold, behold it is good and pleasant, it means take notice. Take notice, behold, something's good coming. What importance behold is going to be very, very important. Behold, it is both good and pleasant for the brethren to dwell in unity. David draws attention to something good and pleasant, which is unity among God's people. It is good because it reflects God's heart. And it's good because it reflects the purpose of unity among his people. One of these days, we'll get to John 17. But in John 17, you know John 17, Jesus prays. Jesus prays for himself. He prays for the disciples. And then he prays for you and me. He prays for you and me. I'm going to read John 17, 20 to 23. I do not pray for these alone, meaning the disciples alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. The disciples' word was he praying that they all may be one just like you, Father, and me, and the Holy Spirit, and I are one. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me, and that glory which you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you've loved me. David, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity, in unity. Apostle Paul didn't let this one slide by. He writes to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, he writes this from 7 down. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, we might be gathered together in one, all things in Christ. One. For he is our peace. He has broken down the walls that have separated us. And what Paul was saying about that is that he broke down the wall between the Gentiles and the Jews. In him, the believers would become one in Christ. Not Jew, not Gentile, not Greek, not barbarian, not male, not female, not slave, not free, but one in Christ. 
all in Christ, unity of the brethren. David said it's good and pleasant for the brethren to dwell in unity. It is good because it reflects God's heart and the purpose of his unity. It's pleasant because it makes life together as God's people so much more enjoyable. So much more enjoyable. And the seasons when constant bickering and constant conflict dominate. How good and how pleasant. Not everything that is good is pleasant. Not everything that is pleasant is good. But unity among God's people is both good and pleasant. It's good. It's in God's word. I'm not reading something foreign to you. It's God's word that says that. Good and pleasant. Both to a high degree. Good. How do we become that? Unity. Unity among the brethren. Unity among God's people. Unity. David had in mind the relationship that God's people have with one another. The relationship we have with each other is so much more important than the relationship we have with the world. It's good and pleasant when the world looks in and sees Christians bickering and fighting and arguing, they're going to say, why would I want to join them? I have that every day when I go to work. Why would I want to join them? We have to be different. We've got to stand out. We've got to be different than what the world teaches. Believers should have a good and peaceable relationship with all others, especially the house of the Lord. And that's what it says in Romans 12, 18. The relationship of God's people dwelling together in unity. But unity is tested because these dwell together. It, our unity will be tested. It will be tested. In many ways, it's easier to have some kind of union with those who are distant than to dwell together in the bonds of unity. But it's going to be tested. Unity will always be tested. You look at how close a family can be until something happens and unity gets tested. Unity becomes strained. It happens. We see it. To me, what this means and I've said this before from this podium, we need to major on the major. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the major. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the major. Jesus Christ, him crucified, him dying, him being buried, and raising again on the third day. They're the non-negotiables. They're non-negotiable. Nothing will take me away from those things. If we would focus on those things, the other peripherals would fall into place. The other peripherals wouldn't matter as much as Jesus Christ and him crucified. The other things wouldn't matter. Got to focus on the major. Too many times we get off on the minor and we start focusing on the minor and hence we have splits in churches we have bad feelings. We have all sorts of malady and arguments. And oh, it's just, it's not good and it's not pleasant. David said, it's good and pleasant that the brethren dwell in unity. So what if this person wears an orange sock and a black sock? And you think everybody should be wearing blue socks. Who cares? You get what I'm saying. I want to beat it to death. David welcomed these men in because he wanted 
unity in the house of God. So important to have unity in the house of God. Amos said, how can two walk together unless they agree? How can two walk together unless they agree? Agree upon what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified, died, buried, raised again. There are so many different ideas out there about the rapture and the second coming. We have the thoughts that we believe and we teach those and we're solid on those because we believe they're scriptural. But there's a lot of things out there. That's okay if that's what you want to believe, but that's not what we're going to teach. There's so many things out there. We've got to be ever so careful of what's out there. We've got to be careful. We buy into these things. Some of you come to me day after day, and the first thing you say is, well, I heard this preacher on TV last night. Oh. And right away I get a headache. Oh, no. And if you said that to me, I bet this is the answer I gave you. If you were the ones that would have said that, this is the answer you would get. Why do you watch them? Well, you got to know what's out there. No, you don't. Because now look at you. You're all confused. You're all confused. You're all nuts. Because some preacher on TV said, goats go to heaven. I don't know what they say. Who knows what they say? I know. It was just a weird thing. I didn't want to say anything else, so I came out weird. Goats go to heaven. Yeah, right. The, the purpose here... The purpose here was restoration. And in a few chapters, in a few short chapters, in a few short chapters, David will be king of all Israel. Abner is going to anoint Saul's son, Ishobethabatabatha, as king. And then there's going to be a big war. And he's going to be killed. And Abner's going to be killed. There's all kinds of bloodshed. But eventually David becomes king of all Israel. It's united. There's unity. There's unity for a while. And then things get kind of hairy after that. God wants his people to walk in unity and in love. They'll know you're of me by the way you love one and other. They'll know you're of me. Loving one another. Yes, we're going to have differences. That's just the nature of who we are. We're going to have differences. You're going to want to wear an orange sock and a black sock. We're going to have differences. But are we talking Jesus Christ and him crucified? Are we talking the cross? Are we talking the resurrection? Those things that are major in our doctrine that this won't, we won't give in on? I pray we are. I really do. I pray we are. Because God loves it when his people are in unity. And let me just put this as an aside. God's not keen on division. You are assured.
The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of King David as he's finally able to ascend the throne. Though he seemed to have achieved God's calling on his life, David's journey wasn't free of problems. David was still human, and he made mistakes that affected him and those he loved. But during the rest of his life, no matter where it took him, David remained a man after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, David consistently turned back to his heavenly father, confessing and asking for forgiveness. David knew he wasn't perfect and that he needed the mercy only God could provide. Today, we hope you too remember that God's mercy is worth seeking. He's provided for you the grace you need to live free from your sin through the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to die on the cross in your place, taking the punishment your sins deserved. Would you like to know more about having your sins forgiven? Please visit our website then, assurehoperadio.com. Click on How to Be Saved to learn all about what Jesus has done for you and why you need His grace in your life. If you still have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us, 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in today. You can hear more messages like this from Pastor Dave at our website as well. Just click on podcasts slash radio when you visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope.